Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. This week, we went back and found an old episode that we never put out. It was originally intended to be the third episode, but it just kind of got lost in the yeah, weeds. I think at the time, we just got so excited about all the other ideas we had that we jumped off into those, and this one got left behind. It kind of deals with some of the emotions we were going through as we were leaving, and it it was like interesting to talk again about how we didn't want to lose our faith and how this process was disturbing yeah. and how it was a struggle. And it was just interesting to listen to our thoughts back then, whenever it was five months ago yeah, from five now. Months ago. Yeah. And it's actually especially relevant to us now as we've been spending some time with Christian family um, and friends who are Christian as well, who kind of have a hard time understanding why we left or kind of are assuming that we like decided that we didn't want to be Christian anymore when actually we really, really wanted to stay Christian at the time. Um, and had a really hard time with the fact that we were losing our faith. So this episode deals with all of that. Um, and as we listened through it today, we felt like we were really comforted ourselves by hearing even our own stories. And so our hope is, is that when you listen to this, um, you find comfort in it and you feel heard and understood. Exactly. So enjoy. Okay. You could start whenever. Welcome back to episode three of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. We're an ex-Christian couple learning how to live on the other side of religion. On this podcast, we'll talk about our journey, reasons we left the church, things we're going through now, and ways we've grown since. So today we're going to talk about how it felt to lose our religion and lose our idea of reality. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. Some good, uh, eventually, a lot of bad ones. Yes, primarily bad in the beginning. All right, Joe, what were the first emotions you felt? Well, it it changed drastically over time. I feel like the first emotions that I felt were, the first one was confusion more than anything else because mm-hmm. uh, our whole life we had been kind of cruising along in this whole Christian mindset with a Christian worldview and a Christian way to understand reality around us. Um, and so once that started to show some signs of, once once I started to have some kind of doubts, it was mainly confusion. Like, why why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was a big amount of sadness and fear. Um, being scared that everything you once believed could possibly not be true uh, caused a lot of fear in me. It was sad, like, kind of felt sad breaking up with this idea of reality. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt really embarrassed. I think because we were so, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say we were high up in the church, but we had leadership positions and we had proclaimed our faith so loudly that everybody knew that we were like super Christians. We had told so many people about Jesus. And so I feel like it was really embarrassing to like all of a sudden slow down because those kind of Christians like never slow down. You just kind of keep growing and growing and growing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. I, I think everybody knew us for that. You know, that was like our thing. Yeah, being Christian. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> all of a sudden, if we're not Christian, then yeah. I think early on as well, we kind of had some feelings of anger. Like, why is this happening to us? Yeah. You know, I, I think like you said, we were 
as committed as we thought we could be as Christians kind of leading up to the whole start of our process of starting to fall away. And so when we started to feel like our faith was slipping away and we were asking God to give us more faith and we weren't getting it, it was hard to not be kind of angry or feel betrayed. Yeah. Like I was explaining that to you the other day, the feeling of being betrayed by God was really strong really early on. Um, because this was the first time I had had any kind of doubts and the first time I had asked God to help me with my doubts. And I felt like I wasn't being helped <laughs> in any way. Yeah. And so it was like, well, what in the world? It was, it was really betraying. Yeah. Felt a lot of anger that we could pray like all the time and did not be answered. Yeah. Were you praying during the, those times? Like when we were first leaving Christianity, did you keep on praying or did you kind of just back off completely? Um, I think I prayed. It's hard to remember now. I feel like it's just because we were probably praying separately and we didn't talk about it out loud. But like, I, I think I just prayed simple prayers. Like, if you're real, God, like, please show me that you're real. Or yeah. I have n no idea what's going on right now. Please bring me some clarity like some drop of clarity yeah, yeah yeah and i want to i want to follow you so please just show me the way yeah like, please right. take me out of this basically exactly. what did you pray i same think things? the same thing yeah it was mo it was like all of my prayers were centered around me kind of like feeling like i was drowning and starting to slip down uh in these doubts and faith and just asking god for like even the smallest sliver of assistance whatever that means you know mm -hmm. maybe that means i get more faith or maybe i understand the bible in a little bit better way or meet somebody who can help me or mm -hmm. read it, anything you know mm -hmm. so that's what i was praying about and i think i prayed a, a ton at the beginning it was kind of like prayers of desperation to start but then of course as we went on eventually we kind of just stopped praying mm -hmm. um further on down along and the road i forgot i was reading i started reading mere christianity yeah that's yeah, right and it didn't really it didn't really do anything for me. It like, it gave me hope that I feel like that God would bring you back. Like, cause I think there was I, a section in there. I remember reading like that God would bring you back to him. And so I just had hope that that would happen. And yeah. obviously it never, it never did. And it sort of, like you said before was felt like a betrayal. Yeah. You know, like he, I thought he promised to go after his one lost sheep. Right. But well, I yeah, think that, we both kind of felt that feeling of betrayal, but I think we probably also both had some hope deep down inside. Mm -hmm. I did. Like, I really had this steadfast hope that God was going to bring us back mm -hmm. into the fold, that he was going to find the lost sheep and bring us back. And we wanted to be brought back. I yeah. did. I, I, you know. Well, because everyone around us was Christian, our whole community was. So we were now the ones who were different. So why would we want that? Yeah. You know, I didn't want that for that reason. And I didn't want to to fall away because of the fear of hell, obviously. And like, like we were saying earlier, um, fear was a big part of this whole process because this is all new to us. These feelings of doubt were all new. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really desperately wanted God to kind of remove that fear and mm -hmm. remove that doubt and just bring me back to him. Mm -hmm. I was desperate for that. That was a feeling desperation. I think I went into a period of feeling really numb. Like how, soon after or like a long time after i think there was a different kind of numbness like long after but mm -hmm. right away i did feel like a type of numbness just because 
for a while we were going to church still and struggling and trying so many things and praying and reading the Bible yeah, and going, a few months, going uh, to see so many elders, talking to friends, talking to Bible study leaders, talking to parents. Yeah. And after a while, I just wanted to cool it. My brain couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And I needed to just like be numb, I think. We're tired, mm -hmm. you know, after doing that for months. You're like berating uh, yourself and yeah. feeling horrible. Like, what's wrong with me? Exactly. Why am I not faithful enough? Like, how? what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. So how did it feel to be around our families during this time? Yeah, that was, I, I feel like that being around our families made it very evident how, you know, it, it made all these feelings become very real to us because we were missionaries with Campus Crusade and, and we had previously been super vocal about our faith with our families. We talked about it all the time, mm -hmm. told them about our experiences. And like, I met with your dad all the time and we'd talk about books we were reading mm -hmm. together. And, um, this was like the most common topic of our conversations with our families and some, maybe not most common, but we talked about it a lot. So once we started to kind of fall away and we got to that stage that you were talking about where we just sort of felt numb about everything, uh, it became weird to be around my family. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was hiding something or mm -hmm. like there was this big elephant in the room that I didn't really want to talk about because I didn't know where I stood with God or mm -hmm. what to think about God. And I was really worried about like hurting their faith um, in a way. And so I felt isolated from my family. Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think that was anything that they did, but it was like kind of the mindset I had that there isn't really much room to doubt and other Christians don't really want to talk about all of your kind of negative feelings towards your faith. They get freaked out by it, yeah. I think. Well, understandably. I mean, I would have been too. It's just like, it's not really something that it's you not normal. think about. Yeah. That's like, shouldn't be normal. Yeah. Like, you should be able to talk about your lows. Yeah, right. I mean, without feeling like people are looking down on you or afraid they're going to catch something. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, that. Afraid I they're going to, like, catch the, the, the disease bug. of doubt or something. I think it was easier. Well, I didn't tell my parents and and we didn't tell them to the extent because I feel like I always am scared that my parents are going to misunderstand how I feel. And I was sick of hearing people just say, well, God will bring you back. And like, what have you been doing? Have you been reading the Bible? And like, everybody goes through doubt. Or and like, I what just, about this book? Yeah. I read this book. And, and I felt like it yeah. just showed they didn't understand how I actually felt. I understood that everyone went through doubt and I've, I had gone through doubt before, but it was just a different feeling. And I felt like I couldn't relate to anyone but yeah. you. Yeah. So it was hard to talk about it right. with anyone else. It was interesting to having just started to fall away from the faith because I think we both knew how Christians would, what Christians would think about people like us. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's hard to talk. It's hard to talk to somebody when you think that they are probably seeing you through a lens that is like portraying you in a way that's not true, you know, yeah. or like they're misunderstanding what yeah. you're saying and stuff like that. Um, I, I remember talking to my dad once. I just remembered this and we're, we got coffee or he happened to be in Racine mm -hmm. and we got coffee together and I was, for some reason, I had opened up to him a little bit about how we were feeling about God. And I don't know why or how it happened, but I remember him saying that he had gone through that stuff too and remembered reading some author and the author had said, I don't want to believe in God, but I want to want to believe yeah. in God. Do you? Did he ever talk yeah. to you about that guy? I think it was he, yeah, the idea was that I 
I don't love God right now. Oh, okay. And actually, it's sometimes I don't even want to love God, but I want to want to love God. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? Yes. It, and even then, that like, that kind of made me think, like, why should we like have to convince ourselves force to, ourselves yeah or yeah. have to convince ourselves so hard of this mm-hmm. you know I, I was like i don't think i don't feel like that quote encourages me it seems like we're all slaves to some kind of like weird system where yeah. we like we want to be part of this club yeah. but nobody feels like they can they all we all fall short it's like so hard to keep your membership or something yeah but i remember that i remember your dad telling us about that I don't know if you told me after talking to him or whatever, but I that did really encourage me okay. at the time because that's exactly how I felt. Uh-huh. It was like I, at the time, I didn't love God because he was non-existent to me and I felt like he wasn't helping me, but I wanted to love God so bad, you know, because that's the only thing I ever knew. And I was terrified of losing my religion and losing my whole worldview. And so I was really clinging on to the small shred of faith that I might have had. Um, and that prayer to God, I feel like was one of my most common ones. Um, just something like, God, I am having a hard time with my faith. Like, I really want to want to have faith in you. I want to love you. Um, but I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that did have an impact on me when we talked about that. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like my relationship changed with my family quickly. Yeah. You know, especially like, for you, because I thought that you were way closer to your family than I was to my family mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, probably. Um, but it, it felt, like I said, it felt like I had become separate from my family in some way. And again, I don't think it was anything that they did, but I just, it, it really felt like this is something now I can't really talk to them about mm-hmm. because I don't understand it. And I know that they're not going to understand it. Um, and so I just kept quiet. So it was like immediately there was some kind of little block between us. Yeah. Did you feel like it changed your relationship with your family right away or maybe not as much because you, hadn't talked about it with them that much anyways. I don't really remember. I was never very close with my family nor told them a lot of what was going on in my life or in my head. But I did feel as though religion was something that tied me to them and it was something I could talk about. And especially since my dad is such a zealot, he's like so much zeal, mm-hmm. like that's all he wants to talk about. And yeah. I never really had much to talk about Um with him. So when I got super religious, it was like, at least I can be on his good side in one way. Yeah. And I didn't always enjoy talking with him because he liked to debate about things. And I just like to be a little bit more relaxed about our conversations. But, um, I, I felt like once that was gone, it was like, now we don't have anything to talk about at all anymore again, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of, it was sad in that way. Yeah. It felt like isolated. Like yeah. every, each step is like, we're getting more and more isolated, isolated well, because we've left our church and now like our whole community of friends is kind of off partying, doing their thing, mm-hmm. like jiving with God. And now we're on the outside feeling like we don't really have anybody to talk to about yeah. it. Yeah, And I've always felt, I've told you that I've always felt that I was the black sheep of my family because I'm always the one who like says something that's, like i don't know rude or mean or what i really Mm -hmm. think and like it totally comes off wrong and i'm not afraid to say that but then i feel bad afterwards but like now i have this other thing and i'm like great now i'm like really the black sheep of the family super black. so i felt really outcasted yeah and yeah well you and you mentioned that we felt outcasted from our friends so how did it feel with friends it was it was similar you know i i i really felt like our christian friends um 
just couldn't understand what we were going through. And the reason I felt so confident that that was the case, that they wouldn't be able to understand us, is because I couldn't even understand what we were going through in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I had a really close friend that I had actually kind of encouraged in the Lord like a few years mm-hmm. earlier. And we that was something we talked about all the time. We emailed back and forth about the Bible and stuff we were reading and all of that. Um, and kind of right when I first started to share my doubts with him or the, or the, the feelings we were having and kind of the fears we had and what we were going through spiritually, I felt immediately that our relationship changed. Um, and it changed to, instead of just being two equals talking about God or life or whatever, you know, anything, it became like, I was the one to be pitied and he was the one who was there to like help me and rescue me. Um, and so even now, like looking back through our, our messages and stuff to each other from that time, you can really see how I became like an object of pity to Mm -hmm. him in his mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't fault him for it because I know that if I were in his same position at that time and one of my Christian friends started to lose their faith, I would have felt the same way. It's like, oh, uh, Joe is like sick. He's hurt. He needs my attention to like help heal him. But only I'm only going to pray. Yeah. Well, that's the only thing I can do as a Christian. Yeah. Because nobody taught me how to like really help people. Right. Like relationally or help listen to them or understand them when they have problems. Yeah. I think it was a lot of pity. I felt really pitied. Um, and it just, that didn't, that didn't feel great. Mm -mm. It's like I lost my standing or lost my credibility with our friends in some ways. All right. So we've kind of been talking a little bit about the negatives of leaving religion, but what were, what were some of the overall negatives uh, when we started leaving the church and leaving our religion? Yeah. Well, I think some were, some were immediate. Um, And the one I was most afraid of and the one that started to set in really quickly um, was the fear of not having any kind of purpose to life. Mm -hmm. And Um, this one was especially hard for you. Yeah. Because I, that was my entire purpose. My whole purpose was to follow God. Um, Mm -hmm. I like would practice every day trying to make it so that all of my thoughts were like filtered through kind of a God filter Mm -hmm. in my mind. And my purpose was to bring glory to God in every single thing that I did. Um, of course I wasn't perfect at that, but that was my goal. I found a lot of like personal pride in the fact that I had a really clear cut purpose and that was to glorify God. And so from the very beginning, my, one of my biggest fears was, was, uh, that I wouldn't have anything to live for mm-hmm. if I didn't have Christianity and didn't have God in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw that too, but for some reason I didn't, it wasn't the biggest negative to me. It wasn't the top one. I think for me more so the negative of just like being outcasted, you yeah. know, like it's Christians are not really like, they're not outcasting you, but like, you're not a part of the group in the same way anymore. Like you're like, you're part of the walking wounded, you know, like you, you can't relate to them in the same way. You can't share their joy when they are worshiping. You can't share in their like stories of see what God did for me. Like, because you're like, I don't, I don't think that was God. I feel like you just did that or whatever. You you know, you're like, like, you feel jealous too. If someone's like, I had the best revelation with God this morning. And it's like, well, I'm happy for you, but I feel so hurt by God because I feel like he hasn't, talk to me at all yeah. or whatever. And I think like, I think actually the first thing we talked about, like being embarrassed, that was a big thing for me because 
I like never want to be wrong. And Mm -hmm. it felt like coming out of it and like not going to church, like we were wrong. Like at this point, we didn't decide we're not Christian or anything, but it just felt like, you know, we had preached the life that like, if you do all these things, like you'll be happy. And like, we weren't, you know, and we were like depressed and it just showed that, you know, maybe God, like what I said, wasn't actually my cure for my depression or my life or whatever. And I felt like I had been wrong or like I did it wrong or like it was, it just was embarrassing. I felt like I just wanted to hide. And that's probably why I went numb because I just like couldn't think about all that anymore. You almost can't accept it. It's like you you have to accept the fact that you were wrong about everything in your life. And that's embarrassing and it's sad and it's scary to lose that sense of security and lose that sense of like understanding and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like, I kind of feel like, you know, every time in my head when I like preach the gospel to people, like I feel bad for doing that to those people because maybe they had, were going through something that I was going through and I couldn't understand them. Right. And I was just like, oh, no worries. God will, like solve all your problems. But yeah. like God wasn't solving mine. So yeah, it was now, like, yeah, it was like, oh, I thought about all the times I did that or like, felt yeah, like we had been ingenuine or something or or i felt like maybe i had been arrogant to to preach the gospel to people in like in a way that made it seem like i know exactly i know for sure yeah and then now we don't know and now i don't know and it's kind of embarrassing so we were in it seems like we were ingenuine yeah Yeah, like exactly like you said but that yeah i i really felt like the the main thing for me though is losing that sense of purpose and i Mm -hmm. kind of went from living a life with a totally clear sense of purpose and direction and personal like power and strength in God to being just like a quiet, a quiet, ignorant spectator on the sidelines of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like I had been taken totally off the wagon and now I was just like sitting on the side, having no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't fully come to terms with that for a long time. But at first that was my biggest fear was that without God, what is this all about? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that was a strong emotion to have Mm -hmm. right away. (laughs) So now there were a few benefits at first, and then there's definitely benefits now. But, like, did we notice any benefits right after, like, leaving or right after stopping going to church? Yeah, I really feel like the main benefit that we noticed right away was having our Sundays free. Yeah. And this is so funny. I know it seems like not that significant, but everybody loves a weekend and we love a weekend. And it was like, okay, we almost have an extra weekend day now, at least a morning. And we can go and like get coffee and donuts in the morning instead of going to church. It was like a weird feeling of freedom. Like, Oh, like, well, you know, everything else in our life is going terribly wrong, but at least we get Sunday <laughs> at least, morning. At least we have another morning together. At least this, we don't have yeah. to complain about, oh man, I don't want to go to church. I want to sleep in. Uh-huh. Well, this was new for us because my whole life, Sunday was like basically a given. You'd go it to church. It was an exception. Yeah. If we didn't go to church, that was like an exceptional yeah. circumstance. Uh-huh. You know, our default was we're going to church on Sundays. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it was it was kind of funny, like having Sundays for the first time in our life yeah. be free. Um and I don't I, think we were this jokey about it at the time. Yeah, but that's we something. both like maybe quietly rejoiced that we could sleep in on a Sunday right. and go to breakfast and stuff. Or it's like we went to breakfast and enjoyed it, but there was also part of us that maybe felt, felt a little guilty. guilty yeah, like, I wish that. Yeah, yeah, she didn't feel so conflicted about conflicted about it. I think another one for me was like after a little bit, I did feel like free because we had stopped 
you know, I like I was never very good at Christianity. It didn't come as easily to me, which just sounds so funny, but like as it did for you. Like I was I'm terrible at following authority and I felt like people were always telling me the ways I need to change or do something better. And after this, I felt like, you know, it's kind of nice not having to tell everybody your sins and like them telling you what you're doing wrong. Like, even though I know I'm still a sinner and God probably hates me, like, at least I didn't have to talk about it so much. Yeah. And at least I didn't have to go to church and have people like feel like they're judging me. Like, right. you know, where have you been? You know, at least I was sort of in a way avoiding it. Yeah. They could think it in their, in their, in their heads, but yeah, they couldn't like gaze at me with their judgmental eyes. I don't <laughs> right. know. I felt a little bit of freedom. There was a weight off of my shoulders to kind of, to kind of have made a decision. Like when we made the break and we were like, yeah, we're not going to go to church. We're not going to be a part of the worship team or kids team or home group, whatever. It was a weight off my shoulders to finally do something about it so that we could like take a break. Yeah. You know, it even felt though like... it f- felt bad, but it felt good in a yeah. way too. And I like that feeling, it started out being really small, that feeling Mm of newfound freedom. Like at first it didn't feel like freedom. It felt like turmoil that we were going to going through. But yeah, I feel like eventually as we kind of came to terms with the fact that, yeah, we don't go to church now, it did feel free. It felt like it felt good to be kind of out of the spotlight, so to speak, because it it felt like in our Christian community, a lot of our friends knew that we were kind of going through something, um, and it's just hard to be like in everybody's gaze. You and know? then everybody, if they come up to you and they're like, how are you feeling? Like, oh, how, how are you doing? doing? Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to answer that question right now. I don't yeah. know. Or you just, you don't want to feel like the object of pity. Yes. You don't want to feel yeah. like the hurt one who everybody knows that you're hurt and is like trying to help you and coddle you. Mm-hmm. It felt, yeah, it felt freeing to not be in that environment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the next question. Yeah. We really didn't talk about this stuff with each other, even though it seems like we did For right now. But we time. didn't. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about like how we personally felt. Mm-hmm. And um, so why? Why do you think that is? I, I think until we neither of us were able to really come to terms with all this and truly accept that maybe we weren't going to follow God or maybe we weren't going to be Christian for like well, at years. this point that at this point that was not an option that we no that we thought was we not, would come back yeah we thought God. we were going to come back but i think like that idea in the back of our mind was so terrifying that we didn't want i didn't want to ask you about stuff because i was afraid of what you were going to say mm-hmm. i was afraid you were going to say i don't know i don't really think i believe in god anymore because i wasn't ready to hear you say that and i wasn't i wasn't at that point yet and i felt the same for you i was scared of what you would say yeah totally um i felt a lot of responsibility for your faith too in all of this. Um, I was always like the spiritual leader of our family and I always strive to be a good Christian husband, which, which meant like leading you and mm-hmm. helping you with your faith. Yeah. And it meant that mm-hmm. I needed to be extra, extra strong because you would need me to help you and hold your hand through it and all So of you that. can't show your vulnerability. Yeah. So I felt like if I'm, I need to be really, really sure of what I think. And especially if I'm going to tell you something like I'm really struggling with my relationship with God, I better like really be um, comfortable with myself feeling that way before I'm going to tell you about it. Because Mm -hmm. I was really worried that if I told you something like that, it would hurt your faith, Mm -hmm. which sucks. I mean, it like sucks that I... I felt like I couldn't be totally open and honest with you, you didn't about just it because let me take responsibility, I was, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah I, I totally, I wasn't, I was like claiming responsibility for your feelings and for your thoughts and for your faith. Well, I had that too. I had the opposite because you are supposed to be 
like the leader and if i am the one who's telling you how i feel then i'm eve i turn into eve (laughs) and that's exactly what christians (laughs) say like i feel like they love to like subtly liken like that the wife like if she's not being submissive uh-huh. and following the Lord which I wasn't yeah. even though you weren't either it's my fault right I know so what you mean. I like felt like I couldn't tell you anything because I had already started it I had ar- I had started this by telling you in the car I fell off like right. like a few months before yeah which already you already felt bad about that uh-huh. and I probably had some resentment towards you about yeah. that too whether I was like vocal about it or not I'm sure that. Um, that came across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like mainly it was just the questions we were having were kind of too hard to accept. Um, you know, it was it was hard to accept that we had a problem and it created a numbness in us and it created just such a strong sense of confusion that neither of us really wanted to talk about it because we neither of us had any idea what was going on or like saw any possible path out of it. Mm-hmm. It just felt like we were kind of stuck in this weird unknowing unknowingness it was kind of like being in denial i yeah. think that's like a common phase of things like you're in denial so you just like don't talk about it you don't think that it ever can happen or is happening and so even though it may be actually happening in reality it's like you can't accept it and i yeah. think that's how we were yeah and that this that period i feel like what we've all talked about so far like the confusion and the sadness and kind of the guilt and the feeling of isolation from our friends and from our community and from our family I, for me, at least that was like the set of emotions I had for maybe two years, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the whole period from when we stopped going to church until the point when we started talking about it together, you and I, which was like two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. that whole time was kind of just a mix of those feelings. Yeah. No, there wasn't really much else. It was mm-hmm. kind of just like confusion and not knowing what to do and mm-hmm. kind of trying to push my thoughts down about God because every time I thought about God, it would give me like this huge pang of anxiety because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to think. And I'm feeling I like it was all wrong with us. Yeah. It was all our fault. Yeah. Like I, yeah. For so long we felt that. Right. And so I think it's interesting. Now we were on the other side and we kind of knew how people on the other side of Christianity felt when Christians like talked to them. They're saying like how Christians feel when... How uh, like non-Christians feel when Christians talk to them. We kind of knew how we felt, how that felt because now we're on the other side of that. You know, like, so what we're, we kind of realized some things about how maybe we had acted towards non-Christians or towards people who were losing their faith and like, and, and what were those things? How did we realize that we had acted as a Christian? Yeah. Well, yeah, after like actually establishing that maybe we weren't Christian anymore, I thought I felt like, man, I had been so arrogant. I I felt like when I was a Christian, it was so arrogant of me to believe that I had all the answers about existence and about the origins of everything and about who's the correct God to follow. Um, I felt like I I had a real kind of uh, real arrogant attitude about the fact that i knew everything I feel like um, we had a superiority complex yeah we like, felt like looked down on non-christians yeah like they needed our saving yeah they needed us for like love or like we, yeah we needed to save them from hell in the world yeah which is interesting because i did you know as a christian i did feel like i needed to save non-christians and I, it felt like love to them like for, you were being loving? Yeah, it felt like I was being loving. If I were to go up to somebody and try to share the gospel with them, mm-hmm. it felt like I was I was potentially saving them from 
hellfire, you know, mm-hmm. or I was like helping them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And that was the most loving thing I could do to somebody. But once you step out of it, I think I realized that non-Christians don't feel like they need to be saved. Like they're living totally fine, happy lives. And so it comes off as being like a weird superiority complex. Well, that's not even the point though, because like if you're a Christian, you believe that they don't even know that they're like fallen and that you need to educate them on that. But which in the first place seems horrible to do. Hey, like person over here who's like completely happy and just figured out their self-esteem. Did you know that actually you should have bad self-esteem and you're a worthless sinner? Oh, and yeah. and guess what? Because you are so terrible and I hate you so much. No, you don't have to say <laughs> that. But like because like God like hated you and wanted to cleanse the earth and he did that with Noah's Ark. He actually sent his son so he doesn't have to kill us all anymore. So you want to believe in him and come in our club? Yeah, that's the good news of the gospel. Ugh, it just, after a while, it felt like I noticed how when people seemed to pity us or look down on us, I noticed I did that with people. Like, I saw people who were falling away from the faith. I saw people who were in crew with us and who now seemed like they weren't going to church. And I would think, huh, I wonder, like why they didn't like stay in faith and i wonder if their life is bad now because of it and kind of thought it's probably bad right. like it's probably not as good as it was when they were like part of our group yeah or, like crew or part of church and yeah. stuff like i felt if they would just follow the lord like they could have all of their answers all the answers and all of their problems solved right you know yeah and it like it really shocked me um because like i feel like only being on this other side could we understand how it felt you know to for those people in their position. And, and it, I don't know, it was, it made me feel embarrassed. I thought about all the times I told people, I think we talked about this before, but like how we like proselytized people, you know, Often. read them tracks yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I felt really embarrassed about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, leading into that, I think this is almost the same, but what did it feel like to go from having, all of the answers to existence packaged up to having none of the answers. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds like an easy question to read, but that's like the whole that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly believed when I was a Christian that I had every answer mm-hmm. to how the earth got here, uh where humankind came from, mm-hmm. why we were born. Um, why I was personally born, you know, what my purpose in life was, what would happen when we died, what happened after we died, what happens, you know, all of these like huge human existential questions. I thought we had the absolute answer to those. And so the coming to terms with that was super difficult. I mean, I, it, it's like, it's like you're starting over again from scratch. I got depressed. I mean, I, yeah. I think we kind yeah. of both did in a way. And I think we, there were a lot of effects that had on our personalities and stuff and on the ways we think, which I'm sure we'll talk about in other episodes. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it was like the, the rug was pulled out from underneath me and I'm stuck as like, uh, an underdeveloped human who doesn't really understand how the world works and has no sense of purpose or direction or anything like mm-hmm. that. I felt numb and scared and alone and lost and like, like everybody else around me had it figured out and I had none of the answers now. And I think that's like what Christians tell you, you will feel. And that's yeah. why it was so scary. And of course you'll feel that, but like that, that doesn't mean that Christianity is right. That just means you were, you were, you had in an a one answer. way of life, yeah. and that was the only thing you ever knew. Right. So, what do you do when you don't have anything else that you know? You yeah. just have to start from scratch. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I was thinking about this when you were talking before about people that I'm actually surprised that none of our, like, we were a part of crew for a long time mm-hmm. and like we were part of church for a long time. I think m- more of our church friends maybe reached out to us, but like not that many people reached out to us like to, to see what was to, going on in our life. It was like, back in or something. And, and they're loving people, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I feel like there's just this weird thing that once somebody is like falling away, like, you don't want to waste your time on them. You want to give your time to the people who are following God. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, not that they wouldn't love to have that conversation if we brought it up, but like, I just feel like the emphasis should have been more on people who were falling yeah. because like, there's already people inside the church that are, they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. But like, Jesus went after like the lost sheep. So why did like nobody go after us? Yeah, that is kind of surprising. You're right. I have a feeling a lot of people wanted to just be respectful of our space and kind of let us figure it out and not pry. I know what you mean, but like if you're really a serious Christian, like why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. For your friend. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'd wanted that to happen because I'm actually happy they left us alone, Mm -hmm. but like it seems like the Christian thing to do. Right. Yeah. And it seems like you, like you, you should have the answers for someone who's going through that. You should be able to like help a person who's going through that as a Christian, because right. I feel like it's probably really normal. Yeah. I'm, People- well, it's, I'm sure it's super normal and you're right. I think that like, this is something that needs to be talked about more. And I think that if a Christian is struggling with something, they should feel like they can talk about it and not be kind of pushed aside as the outcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I would imagine that a big part of why, people didn't try to talk to about us talk to us about it more is that it's just really hard for them to relate to mm-hmm. us and once you start having doubts it's really hard for a christian to relate to you because they don't most of them don't have that experience of going through like a really hard faith time mm-hmm. yeah okay so after we had been separate from christianity for a long time or at least like separated from it enough not to be afraid of hell, I guess. Um, we became kind of angry about mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that is? Well, we were realizing that we had learned a lot of things that were maybe negative, uh, negatively affecting the way we think about ourselves and the way we lived our life. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like took a long time and a long separation to realize. So, the um the one that i realized was i had terrible self-worth and um it was from the church it was from my upbringing the way my parents see themselves as my especially my dad as a terrible sinner like that had and me growing up in a lutheran church and us reciting every sunday i a poor miserable sinner confess blah 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 um i think that i had like felt it had made me feel so small Mm-hmm. And like that, and like just reading the Bible, the meek shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. And like feeling like I needed to be meek. Yeah. And I was very like small and quiet and polite and respectful. And like, try. I mean, I tried to be that way. There was times that like I just couldn't because I feel like I am very like, I like, I would like to say what I really think, but like you don't say that in church because like authority, you know? Yeah, exactly. But like, I feel like I learned to hate myself like i'm i'm bad and i can only do good through jesus and i don't know it's very like subconscious and i can't like exactly put my finger on it but like 
there are so many verses that say like you're nothing without God. Yeah, or and, the only good in you is from God. Yeah, or, that's the only yeah, that's a big one. You're totally sinful sinful from birth. You know, I am the vine, you are the branches. I, yeah. If you remain in me, like you're gonna bear fruit. If you get out of if I get out of you, you're not gonna bear you're fruit. Gonna you know what I mean? Like fruit then. and obviously that's not the direct quote from the Bible. <laughs> it's a I was translation, yeah. Phrasing. But what did you why did you feel angry? I, I felt angry f- for a few reasons. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. I felt angry that my whole life I had believed and been taught and been like praised for believing that I was a miserable sinner, yeah, wor- a worthless sinner without God. Like a worthless person. Yeah, I feel so angry that that is how that's how I believed. I feel and the so rest mad. of the world like they teaches their kid they teach their kids you're special, yeah, and you can like you can do whatever you want. Like if you try hard enough, like if you believe in yourself and my mom would sit there and be like, that's wishy-washy, that's garbage. Like only God, only through God can you do things, you know, like you can't do things on your own. Like you're, you're like, you're not special. I don't know. (laughs) Like that was our message. Yeah. Well, they'd say you're special and God knows every hair on your head, but also if you don't love God enough, then you're going to get thrown into hell. So, yeah, I'm angry about that. And I was really, really, ang- I guess early, even earlier on, I felt really angry that, um, God didn't like pull us back into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, we, I expected that totally. That was what my hope was that maybe this was just like a dark time or a, a dry spell, as they say, and, uh, God would bring us back. And I felt so angry and betrayed that, that he didn't. That he didn't. Yeah. Um, and another one for you which was one of the biggest ones that I noticed was that you and why you got depressed, I think was the purpose thing. But like with that, after a while you realized how you were such an empty shell. Oh my gosh. I feel, I felt so angry that my whole life I had prayed to God to take away any part of myself and replace it with him. And that's what you should pray as a good Christian. It was a, as a Christian, that's the best thing you can do. Pray to God and ask him to take away any of yourself, take yourself out of the way and, and just work straight through me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt so angry that after I had come to terms with the fact that I probably didn't believe in God anymore and that I need to come up with a new purpose for myself, for my life. Uh, now I'm like an empty shell. I have, I had like no, no trust in my own thinking. No, it was hard for me to have opinions for myself. Yeah. You had no personality. Uh, Yeah. Not in like, I'm not saying it in that kind of a way, but like, you didn't know who you were as a yeah. person. It was like you were had to discover yourself. Yeah. I didn't know what kind of music I liked. I, when I was a Christian, I'd listen to music if it was Christian music for the purpose of like worshiping God and not really any other thing. And mm-hmm. now it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what I like, mm-hmm. I, which it's hard to say that that's only negative because as we've talked about before, it's kind of interesting, like getting a fresh start on life almost. Yes, but at first we didn't feel that. But at first it's like, well, no, I don't want that. I'm I'm mad that I'm 27 or 28 and am like starting over as this bland, empty person with like no thoughts. Because I asked God to take all my opinions away. Yeah, because God had taken everything from me before and I just thought God thoughts and Bible thoughts. I was depressed. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I just mainly, I just got depressed and I was angry that, um, I was so far behind in certain ways. I think we were mad about um, our indoctrination. I think we were we we had like we learned about the word indoctrination, and we were like, "What is that? What does that mean?" You know, and we didn't even know what that meant. And I don't have a definition here, but it you know basically like when you 
are teaching small children some ideology or belief and where they're too young to know what they could possibly think but you're like shoving it in their brains and being like okay so what do you believe and they're like repeating it just repeating yeah, it back to you preventing them from learning any other alternative ways yeah, of looking at which things. i as a person before if we would ever have kids as christians i would think like it's so important that we as christian parents teach Protect our children that because like too, that would yeah. be the most amazing way to be like to always know jesus your whole life start but now, from when you're like a baby but even now like if i were to ever go back to a church with I don't want no comment, but like, God, you can come and take us back if you if please. You want. But like, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to force anything on my children, even any political belief or any kind of thing. I would be, I would be so now that this has happened to us, I would be super careful. Like what I say, I feel like I would try to teach them about as many things as possible and be like, always be learning, always be learning, like yeah. picking up new information, you know, teaching them that it's a, a good thing to, to question, to try things out and to change worldviews and yeah, question things. And, um, so I feel like we got really angry about that. You especially got angry because you started remembering your more like irrational fear of, of hell. hell yeah. And like, I'm angry that in my childhood, I was terrified of a demon coming into my room and taking me to hell at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's just not something that I think an eight-year-old kid should have to be afraid of, scared yeah. of the fire that God's going to throw him into hell because he's not a good enough boy. Did you say you had nightmares about yeah, it? Yeah, I would, would have lay nightmares awake? and stuff and be terrified of, I mean, kids are scared of monsters in their room and stuff. You know, that's a normal thing. But like, you're also when afraid your of something in your, your religion <laughs> and like all of the authority people in your life tell you that that monster you're afraid of is real. Yeah. And that he will throw you into hell and that he is like waiting around every corner trying to trick you and trying to get you to believe something wrong. Yeah. That it's not sucks. like in That's a normal like, family, your mom and dad come into your room and be like, there's no monsters. Yeah. But you're, but like obviously your parents wouldn't come in and say, there is a monster. <laughs> no, they, but they no, would be like, not. yeah, Satan is scary. Right. Yeah. Like implying That's why he's you real. Need to pray to God to protect you. I and, put on the armor of God every morning because I was so scared that the devil was going to like, get in me Mm -hmm. and i i at like age 25 when we started getting super serious like started believing seriously like about spiritual warfare and there's like you know a realm we can't see and like angels and demons are fighting and i i started thinking like you know they're fighting battles for our souls and i would be scared in our house in racine there was like a room that i thought had like a ghost in it and i felt eerie in that room i didn't like going in it and i got started getting super super superstitious super superstitious superstitious and i thought i was going to get possessed by a demon i was like it was really weird it was actually hard to be alone at night if you had to go on a work trip Mm -hmm. i i left the light on all night because because of me being afraid i was going to get possessed by a demon and it sounds like a joke but it's real i was like 25 and i like I, even when you were home, I slept with the covers over my head a lot of the nights because I was so scared that I was going to wake up and all of a sudden see something in the corner. Yeah. And I was like terrified of it. And I noticed after we stopped going to church that that fear like subsided and I could like, I was not as scared yeah. anymore. That's and it was such a relief. It was a relief. I felt like, okay, I know that like the same world exists yeah. here, you yeah. know, like I'm not living in two different worlds, like, but like, I feel we're in is actually just the world. And there's not like this secret. I was just angry going on all the time. Why did I, I was angry that I had that irrational fear. Yeah. So and, yeah, all of these things, 
made us really angry. I think we'll probably also have other podcast episodes about more specifically, you know, what are some of the things that we felt like really affected us during Christianity that we are having to undo now. Um, but yeah, I, I think, oh, what, do you have another one? I have another good story of okay. being a child and go. being afraid of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this weird memory of being in the bathroom downstairs in the house my parents have now. And I don't know how old I was, maybe like eight or nine. And I was looking into the mirror at myself and I would say, like, I love you, Satan, because I believed that that would bring Satan into my body <laughs> and he would he would be with me uh-huh. like how Jesus was. Yeah. And once I said that, I, when I believed he was in me, I would like hit myself. I'd hit my chest <laughs> oh my gosh. and I would to hit satan yeah i would like call, i would basically i'm basically summoning a demon so that i can fight him oh yeah but actually physically i'm hitting myself because i think he's in my heart now because i said i loved him and i like i like thought about this like a few years ago remembered it and i was like i don't want my child to believe those kinds of things and to be hitting themselves because they think that a scary like demon devil is inside right. of them and that they think that they that they feel so much responsibility that they need to like fight a demon like because their god can't yeah or what right. i don't know like i don't know i don't i just was think, i felt really sad about it now it seems kind of i mean i'm saying it in a light way like it's funny but it was like a sad memory to remember that because that shows just how much i believed that it was real it's it's sad that you had that like deeply ingrained fear of satan you know obviously i don't think any christian parents or any christian people would would have told you at that time, like, yeah, that's a good idea, Katie. Keep yeah, on doing that. I didn't tell anyone. But like the fact that you believed that Satan existed and that he could come into you if you weren't careful, that was something that I think a lot of Christians would have agreed, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they would have said that. And I feel like that's so that sucks that as a little girl, that's something that's like taking up space in your mind mm-hmm. that you have to be a little bit of, a little bit scared of the devil mm-hmm. trying to get you. That is crappy i know i've so i feel like maybe we should wrap up the the things we were angry about because i feel like there's actually a bunch but they started happening slowly and slowly over time and that could fill a whole other podcast but um and i don't want to leave the impression (laughs) that all of this just has left us bitter and angry and cynical because i think through all of it you know we felt angry about these things but we're really trying to stay positive and like Mm -hmm. move past them and, and that was and a stage too. It was for sure a stage. And we right. and we have healed and we've come really far since then. Yeah. But in the moment it was really scary we kind and of very had to angry. Trudge through it yeah. right, for mm-hmm. a while. Um yeah. yeah. So well, so moving on then, now that we're kind of through that anger stage, how do you feel now on the other side of religion? Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of thoughts, um, but I thought it would be kind of fun to read. I have like a few journal entries that I wrote down in the midst of it. And um, maybe the first one was written about two years ago or one and a half years ago. Um, and, and this is like after we're, we've uh, come to the conclusion that we're not Christian anymore. Yes. Right. And we've kind of accepted that fact and we're kind of just trying to heal from it at yes. this point. Right. Yes, that is. That's right. So I wrote this in my journal. Um, and I was probably thinking about everyone back home and all of my family. I'm struggling with the knowledge that I'm living my best life, feeling enlightened, growing, and learning to love myself and others, healing from things, and moving forward, living an exciting life, and taking less and less for granted. But all my family sees is she's falling away from the Lord. Oh, that is so hard. I can't. I couldn't explain to them that I was feeling great because they would think that it was just, like, false. Yeah, you know. I know. 
And here's another one. I feel awake and alive and able to make my own decisions. I feel free, more loving than ever, happy and creative. Best of all, I don't have guilt or shame. I don't need to submit to the authority of some old guy I don't really trust. <laughs> um, and this one, this is, I feel like these are all written at separate times, but they're all saying the same things. I'm beginning to have moments of believing that I'm free and that I'm my own moral compass that I'm happy and unburdened and full of light, but my subconscious mind still tends to hang on to the old feelings of guilt and condemnation and self-loathing. Oh, totally. I think that our our uh, process going through this has been similar. That first one when you were saying you felt really worried about your family, like you, we were trapped before we couldn't talk about how we were having doubts in Christianity. And now that we're out of it, we feel like we're still trapped and can't talk to them about all of the new, like exciting, positive things that we're experiencing and going through as we're decoupling from our old Christian mm-hmm. mindset, because all of all that our family is going to think is, oh, no, they're falling away from God or like the world got them. Yeah, they're or, falling into the world or yeah, <laughs> they're being yeah. sucked up. Uh huh. It's really hard. I want to be able to share those things and I want to be able to share how how free I feel, how how great it feels to not have some invisible God watching everything you do, caring about every single thought that you have and like casting judgment on you. You can't even start at that place because even you saying indivisible, I mean invisible, I'm sorry, just turns off a Christian's brain. Mhm. You know, yeah. I mean, he is invisible. In that we don't see him and And no one faith, has ever seen him. Yes. Well, in the Bible, Joe. Oh, yes. I forgot. But I just feel like as soon as you would say something like that, you're like, well, you can see, you know, that you can see God everywhere. You see yeah. him in nature. You see him, I don't know, in your baby's smile. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's, you can't, you can't talk about how you feel free because you don't have any base that uh, to say God is not there or God is bad because those two things are not something that a Christian can hear. Right. So it's impossible to talk to our families about how good we feel because there's no, it seems fake to them. Yeah. They would just, they wouldn't, they would just think we were going through some kind of weird phase. Or like maybe Satan is like tricking us into thinking that we're happy. Yeah. But actually deep down we're really sad or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I feel similar to how you, what you were just saying in your journal. I, it feels really, really, really good now to be able to say I'm not Christian and mm-hmm. I'm not scared of hell, mm-hmm. at least not like all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, how I used to be. And I think a lot of, you know, I there are still times when I get a little worried and I'm like, what if all this is wrong? But then I have to reel things back and think through everything logically again and all of that. Um, but in general, it feels so good to be free. To just be myself mm-hmm. and nothing else. To, to look out my window and see the trees and the people outside and really actually believe that's all that's there is the trees and the people outside. And, you know, the world we live in is our home. And this life that we're living right now, this is our life. And there's nothing after it. So, like, make every day, let's make it count, you know? And that feels so good to live that way. I feel... I take less for granted. Oh, so much less But that for seems so counterintuitive. Right. It does. I feel so much more alive now. I feel so connected to people. So connected. I'm not to trying people. to separate myself from them. Yeah, there's no us versus them it's anymore. Just, uh, it's just us. Yeah, all of us <laughs> all together. Of us. Yeah, even you know? including the Christians. Yeah, we're, we're just, just living. All trying to figure out the answer to life uh-huh. and figure out what we're doing here and what our purpose is and how to be happy. And that's 
that feels so good to feel connected to humankind in that way and not feel like, well, I have the secret answer and it's my job to convince everybody else of it. Um, There's a quote about that, something about like if you if somebody says that they have all the answers to life, they probably have none. Oh, yeah. I don't know who said that, but it but don't you feel like if anybody comes along to you and they're talking to you casually and say that they know everything you kind of like think are you yeah you I, must I, I don't trust you i don't trust <laughs> right you off the bat. yeah it feels great and it took a really long time to get here mm-hmm. i think and again I, I think in future episodes we'll talk more about like how we got to where we got now but i just want to say like at this point after a few years of going through this after being separate from it after actually feeling at terms with the fact that I'm not Christian, I don't believe in God, at least not the God of the Bible that's going to send me to hell. I feel great. Mm -hmm. It feels like the biggest burden has been lifted off my shoulder. I can be myself. I can, I can learn new things and I can be creative and expressive. And I don't have to worry about a secret ghost watching all of my thoughts and potentially condemning me. Mm -hmm. And we're different. And I see you blossoming. Oh my gosh. I like feel like a day. new person. I have mm-hmm. a new personality now. You have a personality. Yeah. It's great. It's you're you. I never would have, I never would have noticed that I didn't have a personality or that I had like farmed out all of my self worth and my self image to, to God. But now I can see it so clearly. And now I feel like I'm actually awake and I'm alive. That's great. Yeah. It's great. Feels great. And I can see it in you too. It's great to Me be too. alive. <laughs> it totally is. Well, that's a good place to stop. Yeah. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>